After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Hasirah Al-Aziz stated, Today, I would like to mention about a long-serving member of the Jamaat, respected Chaudhary Hamidullah Sahib, who recently passed away. He was serving as the Vakil Allah of Tariqa Jadid in Pakistan, as well as the Sadr Majlis Tariqa Jadid Anjuman Ahmadiyya. He had also been serving as the Afsar Jalsa Salana, i.e. the in charge of Jalsa Salana for many years. On the 7th February, at the age of 87, he passed away in the Tahir Heart Institute, Inna Lillahi wa Inna Ilayhi Rajiun. Surely to Allah we belong and to Him shall we return. Respected Chaudhary Hamidullah Sahib's father was Babu Muhammad Bakhsh Sahib and his mother was Aisha Bibi Sahib. They lived in an area nearby to Behra. Chaudhary Sahib was born in Qadian in 1934. His father accepted Ahmadiyyat approximately five years prior to his birth. And in relation to his acceptance of Ahmadiyyat, he narrated that I call upon God Almighty as my witness and relate the following dream. Regarding the details of the dream, he stated that I was in Bangla Bakuwala in Sargodha. At the time, he was working in the irrigation department and was staying in Bangla Bakuwala. In any case, he further states, in October 1929, at approximately 2 a.m., I saw the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him in my dream. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was sitting. His father travelled a lot in those days, therefore he may have been on a journey and spent the night there. But in any case, he narrates that in my dream I saw that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was sitting on a prayer mat. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had placed both his hands on his thighs as if he was occupied in the remembrance of Allah whilst recounting his attributes and praise on his fingers. His blessed countenance was turned towards the east and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said to me that the joints of the chair you are sitting on have become loose. Upon this, I stood up immediately and saw that one of the joints had become loose. I expressed my gratitude and said that you have saved the life of a servant. If I had fallen forwards or backwards, my head would have split open. Then a short while later, I saw that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was holding a new office chair with his blessed hands and the arms of the chair were greatly extended. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said, that take a seat on this chair. This is the chair of Ahmadiyyat. That is, it is supported by arguments and is a true Islam. Following this, I woke up. 
This was the account related to his father's acceptance of Ahmadiyyad. Chaudhry Sahib required his elementary education in Qadiyan. He was studying in the 8th class when in 1946, Hazrat Muslim Maud radiallahu called for people to come forward for waqf, i.e. dedicating one's life for the service of Islam. And so, responding to this call, his mother took him to Hazrat Muslim Maud radiallahu and submitted that Hazur, this is my son, and I dedicate his life for the service of Islam. Following this, Hazrat Muslim Aud gave some instructions and that he should continue his education in school. In 1949, he passed the matriculation exam and thereafter, in accordance with the guidance of Vakalit e Divan Rabwa, he came to Rabwa for an interview. Following the written exam, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II personally took his interview. At the time, a meeting was taking place of the Nazaran of Anjuman Ahmadiyyah and Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II was also present. Right there and then, Hazrat Muslim Maud called forward the three or four youngsters who were there at the time, including Chaudhry Hamidullah Sahib, Musliuddin Sahib and Samiullah Sahib. And Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II then interviewed them, and upon his instructions they furthered their education, graduating from school and university. On the instructions of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II, he completed his BSc in mathematics and achieving second position overall in the entire province. He then attained an MA in mathematics from Punjab University, Lahore, and stood in first division. In 1955, he was appointed as a teacher at the Talimul Islam College, Rabwa, and then head of its mathematics department. He married in 1960 to Razia Khanum Saiba, who was the daughter of Abdul Jabbar Khan Sahib of Sargoda. He continued to serve at the Talimul Islam College until 1974. And after the college was nationalized, Jodri Hamidullah Sahib took leave upon the guidance of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah. As the college had been taken over by the government, therefore there was no mandate for him to continue working in a government institution, being a life devotee. However, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah instructed some, but not all, life devotees who were working at the college to continue serving there, as there was a need. Whereas he instructed other life devotees to leave and enter the service of the Jamaat. In any case, after resigning from the college, he was appointed by Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah as Nazir Ziyafat. And in 1982, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah appointed him as Vakili Allah Tehrik Jadid. And for a while, he also served alongside this as additional Sadr Majlis Tariq Jadid. Then, in the Jubilee year of 1989, he was appointed as Sadr Majlis Tariq Jadid and served in this capacity until his demise. And from 1986 until his passing, he also served as additional Nazri Allah and supervised emergency situations in Sindh and so on. And during the era of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah, he also had the honour of being appointed as Amir Muqami Rabwa. He also served in various capacities in Majlis Khudam al-Ahmadiyya Rabwa and Majlis Khudam al-Ahmadiyya Markaziya. And from 1969 to 1973, he was appointed as the Sadr, i.e. President of Majlis Khudam al-Ahmadiyya Markaziyya. At that time, there was a central Khudam al-Ahmadiyya for all the Khudam worldwide, and each country did not have its independent Sadr Khudam al-Ahmadiyya.
When Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah appointed Chaudhary Sahib in 1969 as the Sadr Majlis Khudam al he gave some very important words of advice. And although this extract from the address delivered by Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah is quite long, however, it is very essential for the physical progeny of the Promised Messiah alayhi salatu wassalam and for the spiritual progeny of the Promised Messiah alayhi salatu wassalam and also for those who serve the Jamaat. All of them should hold this advice close at all times and make it binding upon themselves. They should all strive to act upon this guidance and always be concerned about whether they are truly fulfilling its due rights. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah stated that you should pray for the youth who is becoming the Sadr and also pray for the devoted youth who is completing his tenure in this position that may Allah the Almighty accept his efforts and may Allah the Almighty grant the newcomer the ability through Allah's help to be able to exceed his predecessors. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah further stated we can never remain static in one position Every person entrusted with a new responsibility must strive to surpass those who come before him. This is because the Jamaat is continuously growing and expanding even further, and the works of the Jamaat are increasing, and so are the responsibilities. In short, I was explaining that the one who is newly becoming the Sadr of the Majlis is not a blood relative of the promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wassalam. Perhaps the Sadr preceding Chaudhary Sahib was Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed, Khalifatul Masih the fourth Rahimahullah, who was a member of the Promised Messiah family. But in any case, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the third Rahimahullah stated that he, i.e. the new Sadr, is not a member of the family of the Promised Messiah. However, in terms of a spiritual relationship, every person is capable of being included in the spiritual progeny of the Promised Messiah on account of their effort, struggle, prayers and humility. Through this, one is able to enter the spiritual progeny of the Promised Messiah and one ought to truly become his progeny. There are many who exceed even the physical progeny, albeit they are amongst the spiritual progeny alone. The physical relationship is a worldly relationship which has no link with faith or spirituality. The real relationship of the Promised Messiah with his progeny is a spiritual connection and this is something that should be remembered by those who are related to the Promised Messiah and who have a physical connection by blood. The real connection of the Promised Messiah with his progeny is a spiritual one. It is for this reason it is said that the Prophets never receive any inheritance and nor leave behind any inheritance. They never receive any inheritance and nor leave behind any inheritance. This is because inheritance is based on close physical relationships and this concept is negated. As far as the spiritual blessings and grace is concerned, that indeed is the reality, truth and true wisdom and the true essence of becoming one's spiritual progeny whereby one fulfills the commandment of Allah the Almighty according to His will and command. Every person gains reward based on his devotion, sincerity and sacrifice. This, in reality, is the spiritual progeny of a spiritual person. The physical progeny bears no significance in this regard. In reality, those who become the spiritual progeny of the Promised Messiah are the true offspring of the Promised Messiah. For this reason, the Promised Messiah stated that he offered supplications and Allah the Almighty accepted his prayers for them and included them in his spiritual offspring. If being the physical progeny was a distinct characteristic, then there was no need for the Promised Messiah to offer this supplication for them, and nor was he in need for Allah to accept this prayer. Thus, it is vital for one's spiritual relationship with the Promised Messiah to be strengthened, irrespective if one is related by blood or not. Similarly, those people who assert that simply being the physical progeny of the Promised Messiah is a distinct quality, they are mistaken. 
There have been people in the past who have harboured enmity against the progeny of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, only because they were his descendants. At the same time, it is also wrong to assume that they were honoured only because they were his physical progeny. If one grants them honour and reverence simply because of this blood relation, then such a person is utterly foolish. Thus, this covers both aspects. Whoever harbours enmity simply because they are the physical progeny is wrong, just like the one who gives them honour and reveres them simply because they are the physical offspring. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah states, such a person who thinks like this is devoid of spirituality and intellect. The real connection and relationship is through spirituality. If the physical offspring establishes a connection by inculcating within them a spirit of sacrifice and selflessness, then Allah the Almighty will reward them and bless them by bestowing His nearness and contentment. If the physical offspring become established upon this and adopt the spiritual blessings of the Prophet, then Allah the Almighty will reward them by bestowing His nearness and contentment. And despite not being physically related, if a person adopts these spiritual blessings and proves themselves worthy enough to be deemed his, i.e. the Prophet's true offspring, then it is wrong to say that they cannot achieve a status and rank in the eyes of God because they are not his physical progeny. Thus, even if a person is not physically related, if they prove themselves to be the spiritual progeny, they will be bestowed with their due rank. And anyone who says that they will not be bestowed with this rank and honour is mistaken. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah states, Both viewpoints are incorrect. What truly matters is to follow the right path. Only the one who is deemed honourable and worthy in the sight of Allah the Almighty attains success. They are granted the opportunity to serve the religion of God Almighty according to their capacities. And Allah the Almighty accepts their efforts irrespective of whether they are physically related to the one who is divinely commissioned or not. Therefore, it is irrational on part of those who say that since they are related by blood, they ought to be honoured. Likewise, it is also wrong to say that certain people are good because they are physically related and that they have inherited their honour and respect. No one inherits respect and honour in this manner. No one inherits respect and honour in this manner. And the one who thinks that a person will not receive honour and eminence because they are not physically related are also in error. Hence, the one who thinks that since they are physically related, therefore they deserve honour are mistaken. In essence, another name for spiritual connection is righteousness, instilling love for Allah the Almighty, sacrificing for Allah the Almighty, and to bring about a death upon oneself, and to consider oneself worthless, and to be bestowed with a new and pure life after completely annihilating oneself in the way of Allah the Almighty. This is the true relationship without which no other relation exists. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah states that by the grace of Allah the Almighty, Qudam al-Ahmadiyya has made significant progress in the past three years. However, just like there are various mountain peaks, there is no designated peak for Qudam al-Ahmadiyya, after ascending which they can think that they have reached their goal and that their work is done. We have to ascend that mountain which has no peak, because above this peak is the kingdom of the Benevolent Lord and the distance between man and God is immeasurable. We should try our utmost, as if it were a case of life and death, that we do not become stationary on one point, nor do we stop at a place and think that we have achieved all that which we wish to achieve. Nay, it has been decreed that our progress in spiritual ranks are limitless. If we strive to our utmost, and the sincerity and love we have for Allah the Almighty in our hearts is also ascertained and accepted by Him, then Allah will continue to bestow His grace upon us. 
just as he has been doing so. As a result of this, man will develop an even deeper love for God Almighty and will become even more estranged from one's baser self. These were the words of advice Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the Third, Rahimahullah, imparted to Chaudhary Sahib, and it was owing to Chaudhary Sahib that we also heard these words. Thus, whenever a life devotee, a Jamaat worker, or a member of the Promised Messiah Wasalam's family reflects over these words, they ought to pray for Chaudhary Sahib to be granted a lofty station in paradise, as it was due to him that we heard these golden words of advice. Then, whilst delivering an address at the Qudam al-Ahmadiyya Markaziyya Ijtama in 1970, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah said the following about Chaudhry Sahib. He states, I have assigned the leadership of Khudam al-Ahmadiyya to a sincere young man, who despite not being from the physical progeny of the Promised Messiah والسلام, has a strong spiritual relationship with him. Allah the Almighty has granted him the opportunity to work and blessed his endeavours and also accepted our prayers. When he finished his term as Sadr, a president of Khudam al-Ahmadiyya, during the farewell ceremony, the following was mentioned in the address delivered on that occasion. And what has been said about him is not an exaggeration. It was stated that today's special ceremony is in honour of Chaudhry Sahib. The four-year term of Chaudhry Hamidullah Sahib was the addition of a golden chapter in the history of Ahmadiyyat. During this time, under the special guidance of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih Ayyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Isra al-Aziz, this is referring to the era of Khalifatul Masih the third Rahimahullah, each department of Khudam al-Ahmadiyya International has worked very diligently with respect to its capacity and numbers. Chaudhary Hamidullah Sai worked with the utmost humility and with a selfless spirit and constantly striving to inculcate the wonderful attributes of obedience, loyalty and a connection with Khilafat amongst the youth which will guide them in the future, God willing. Under his tenure as Sadr, each department of Khudam al-Ahmadiyya worked in accordance with the wishes of Hazrat Amir al-Mu'mineen, Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah. During his tenure as Sadr, the fundamental directives of Hazrat Anhu were compiled in a book form called mashal And for Atfalul Ahmadiyya, the booklet Yad Rakhne Ki Baateh, key points to remember, was also published. The overall central majlis was strengthened, in particular the financial system. With love and a spirit of devotion, he remained firm on the principles that every instruction, directive or indication of Khalifatul Masih should be obeyed wholeheartedly and with full conviction. Furthermore, in order to act on all the words and commandments of His Holiness to the letter, every possible means should be utilised. Before being bestowed the esteemed responsibility of Sadarat, he had the opportunity to work in various capacities of the Murkazi Majlis Amla. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah was also present during this farewell ceremony. I will present a part of the brief address he delivered. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah stated, For the outgoing Sadr, I pray that may Allah reward him generously. And for the new Sadr, I pray that may Allah the Almighty enable him to render exceptional services and may his efforts be accepted. Majlis Khudam al-Ahmadiyya has passed through various phases to reach the stage where the entire world can witness it today. Initially it was like a small seed, but now the seed has transformed into a beautiful young and healthy tree that is flourishing. Under each Sadarat, the Sadar, i.e. the President, has performed two tasks. Some of them have worked exceptionally well in this regard, while some to a reasonable standard, and some simply saw out their tenure in regards to certain aspects of their work. But in any case, each Sadarat worked in regards to two aspects. One aspect was to uphold the traditions that were already established and secondly to meet the needs that had arisen. New challenges are faced 
and there can be new developments and requirements as a result of which there is a need to overcome them. And a living entity has to carry out these two tasks. As Khalifa al-Masih III then stated, the Khudam al-Ahmadiyah will continue until the Day of Judgment because this organization is part of the Jamaat established by the Mahdi of the Holy Prophet and regarding this community there are tidings that all the responsibilities until the Day of Judgment will be assigned to it. These responsibilities are principally and wholly related to the followers of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and Islam because the Ahmadiyya community will continue to flourish until the Day of Judgment. Therefore, all auxiliary organizations of the Ahmadiyya community will also continue until the Day of Judgment. Thus, whoever is handed the reins of leadership of this organization, it becomes incumbent upon them to safeguard the previous beauty, magnificence and glory of the primary organization, i.e. the Jamaat and its auxiliary organizations, and then to go on increasing it further. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III then stated that we cannot remain stationary at one point because this is akin to death and this is a fundamental principle of life. At every level and in every department and organization of the Jamaat, we should bear in mind that we can never remain stationary because to remain stationary is akin to death and is a fundamental principle of life. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III further stated, Each new Sadr has a greater responsibility than the previous Sadr because the previous Sadr worked according to the situation that prevailed two years earlier and then built upon that. Therefore, the new Sadr has to build upon the work carried out by his predecessor. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III further stated that the work increases and there are new instructions and guidance issued by the Merkaz, i.e. from the Khalifa of the time. There are new guidance issued by the Merkaz, i.e. from the Khalifa of the time, and new responsibilities are placed upon the Sadr according to the changing circumstances. Hence, to uphold previous traditions and to fulfill the new requirements and then to understand the changing circumstances requires an invigorated approach and effort. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III then stated that may Allah graciously reward the respected brother and youth Hamidullah Sahib for the manner in which he rendered all his services for the Jamaat. Furthermore, whatever responsibility of the faith is placed upon his shoulders and for whichever department or capacity he serves in, may he continue to work in an excellent manner until the very end. Chaudhry Sahib also played an important role working as part of the emergency committee established under the directives of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah owing to the difficult circumstances of 1974. And after Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah migrated to London, he instructed Chaudhry Sahib to come here where he stayed here for more than a year to establish the Murkazi departments and he played a key role in organizing and establishing the systems here. From 1982 to 1999, he had the opportunity to serve as the national president for Majlis Ansarullah. In those days, there was no condition of any fixed terms, and he served for approximately 17 years as the national president of Ansarullah. And during his tenure as the President of Ansarullah, the first volume of Sabir al-Rishad was prepared and published, which was a compilation of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II radiallahu ta'ala anhu's various sayings. Also, a very commendable work was done in regards to the expansion and construction of the guest house. He also had the opportunity to serve as the President of the Planning Committee for the Centenary Jubilee of Jamaat Ahmadiyya in 1989, and prior to this, he served as the Secretary of the Planning Committee for the Centenary Jubilee of Jamaat Ahmadiyya. In 2005, 
He served as the president of the Central Committee for the Centenary Jubilee of Khilafat Ahmadiyya in 2008. He was appointed as the president for the Central Committee for the Centenary Jubilee of Khilafat Ahmadiyya. And since the projects under this committee are ongoing, therefore he continued to serve as his president till now. Even now, certain literature is being published under this scheme. Upon the demise of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV rahimahullah, in 2003, he had the honour of presiding over the Electoral Committee for Khilafat. As vakil Allah, he officially visited many countries in Africa and Europe. After the demise of respected Sayyid Mir Dawud Ahmad Sahib in 1973, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III appointed him as the Afsar Jalsa Salana, the overall in charge of Jalsa Salana and from 1973 till his demise he continued to serve as the Afsar Jalsa Salana and even though after 1983 the Jalsa Salana the annual convention had not been held in Pakistan however the administrative system remains and he continued to administer it he would regularly provide updates as to how they would accommodate a maximum number of attendees if Allah the Almighty provided them with the opportunity to hold the Jalsa and improve the circumstances there. He possessed great administrative skills and always utilized them in his work. Prior to becoming the Afsar Jalsa Salana, he served in the administration of the Jalsa Salana in various capacities. When Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah traveled to Qadian for the Jalsa Salana in 1991, he appointed him as the Afsar Jalsa Salana and whilst commending his efforts in one of his sermons, Hazur stated that Chaudhry Hamidullah Sahib and Mia Ghulam Ahmed Sahib from Pakistan worked very diligently for a very long period of time. They travelled to Qadian and understood the issues there, and adhering to my instructions, they rendered an exemplary service in organising all the arrangements. The Ahmadi population of the Jamaat in Qadian is very small, and it was not possible for them to undertake the arrangements on such a vast scale. In addition to being appointed as the Afsar Jalsa Salana in 1977, he was also appointed as Nazar Ziafat, and from 1977 to 1987, he served as the Nazar Ziafat. He is survived by his wife, Razia Khanum, one son and two daughters, his son, Rashidullah Sahib, resides in Canada and one of his daughters is here in London, wife of Zaheed Hayat Sahib. And the other daughter, Rizwana Hamid, who is the daughter-in-law of Gamal Yusuf Sahib and wife of Nisar Ahmed Sahib in Sweden. Chaudhry Hamidullah Sahib's wife states that our marriage took place in 1960 and after our marriage I saw that whatever allowance he received he would first take his chanda out from it and he would also advise me the same and would say that first contribute towards chanda and then fulfil the other expenses. He also encouraged me to become a member of the institution of Al-Basiyyat. At the time of our marriage Chaudhry Sahib's allowance was 80 rupees. Nowadays one cannot even imagine this although things did not cost much in those days, but despite this, 80 rupees was a very small amount. She further states, Upon this I became extremely concerned as to how we would get by with such a small amount that was left over after having contributed towards our chanda from it. However, owing to the blessings of the chanda, Allah the Almighty would continue to bestow His blessings and we would get by very comfortably. I believe that since He was teaching at the college at the time, therefore the college staff had a higher allowance. However, the other Jamaat workers, such as the missionaries and life devotees, had even less allowance. She further writes, He was very regular in his tahajjud prayers and would offer his five daily prayers in congregation at the mosque or in his office. If he was unwell, then he would offer his prayers at home. He would always take special care for the offering of prayers and right till his demise, he continued to offer all his prayers and on time. Upon observing him, the habit of offering the tahajjud prayer was also instilled in me as well. I learned everything from him. She further states, he treated me with great kindness. Whenever we received something in the house, he would always give it to me first and then distribute it amongst the children. He would often come home very late as he would continue working till the late hours of the night in the offices. 
I observed that he would never disturb me and would open the outside door himself with the key and enter inside. No matter how late he came, he would never wake me up by ringing the doorbell of the house. She further states that I would place the food in the pot according to how much Rodri Sahib would require to eat and place some rotis, i.e. bread, next to it and I would then go to sleep. He would come home from outside and would warm the food himself and eat it. He never made any demands in regards to food or clothes. He would happily eat whatever food I presented to him and he would also happily wear the clothes I would buy for him. He never complained about it. This indeed is a very fundamental principle in order to establish peace and harmony in the homes. If this is adhered to, then 80% of the issues in the homes would not even arise. She further states that he would always attend the funerals of the martyrs, office bearers, renowned personalities of the Jamaat and Jamaat workers and their families. He would remain there right till the burial. He never harboured any anger against anyone in his heart and would conceal the shortcomings of others. He was a very kind and compassionate husband and father. He would never become angry with any relative and would always be the first to seek reconciliation and would always say Al-Izzatulillahi Jamia, that is, to Allah belongs all honour. He would take great care of his siblings and other relatives and every Thursday he would visit the house of his sister who resides in Rabwa. Jodhri Sahib also greatly looked after his parents as well. She further states, I had an operation once and for 10 days was admitted in hospital. There was no place for him to sleep there and so he would sleep on the floor in my room. He never complained that he could not sleep on the floor. She further writes that he was an extremely kind and caring husband and whenever I would fall ill and be admitted to the Tide Heart Institute, he would remain there with me and would look after me in every way. His daughter states that he never spoke to my mother in a loud voice. Our father was not only a father but also our friend and we could share everything with him. She further states he would often offer his tahajjud prayer in my room when I was a child and I still recall the prayer he would recite repeatedly that, O powerful God, save me from all kinds of affliction. And when we were children, he would relate stories to us before going to sleep. And when he would come to Sweden, he would also relate stories to my children when they were young. Our father was a great source of prayers for us. His daughter further states that it was always his routine that he would leave for the office after having breakfast and would return home late in the afternoon. He would go back to the office after the Asr prayer and would come home late in the night after the Isha prayer. During our childhood, if we needed help in maths, he would only have an hour after Fajr to teach us. On one occasion, after the inspection of Jalsa Salana, the workers of Jalsa Salana were sat in the company of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah, to eat food. And Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah, said to him, I.e. Chaudhry Sahib, that come and eat with me from my bowl. In those days, they would present the food in bowls made from clay. And when the bowl was presented before Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah, he called Chaudhry Sahib to come and eat from the same bowl. He truly did justice as a waqf, a life devotee. And apart from eating, drinking and sleeping, his entire time was spent for the service of the Jamaat and he did not waste his time. His daughter further states, When I was young, he once taught me that the upper hand is better than the lower hand. Before this, I would open my hand, i.e. with the palm facing up, and take something. However, he advised against this and through the gesture of his own hand he would explain that you should take something with the hand placed at the top, whether it is money or anything else that is being given. This is also a good method of tribiyat, a moral upbringing. He had no desire for any worldly material. She states, I have never seen this quality in any other person, in that no matter how big a gift he was given, he would never show any expression of amazement over it. To serve the jamaat was what really pleased him and was his desire. 
He always kept his phone by his bedside and was available to everyone 24 hours in the day. Then his elder daughter states that he was very observant of his children and would take great care of their emotions and sentiments. He never placed any burden on us for his own personal needs. He never said to carry out this work or that work. Rather, he would always do his work himself. He would always try and help us. He would sit my children down next to him and relate to them accounts from the Jamaat and the blessings of Waqf and his faith-inspiring accounts with the Khulafa. And everything he said was with a particular purpose in mind and it would have a very positive impact on us. His son has also written the same and states that he would always give emphasis on two points, that no matter what the circumstances, never miss the prayers nor the sermon of the Khalifa of the time. And whatever instruction the Khalifa of the time gives, make utmost effort to fulfill it. He further states, that he would often say to me that if I wanted to open a way for Tabligh, then I should try to leave an impression on the Canadians whereby they feel that this individual respects them and has love for them. Jamilur Rahman Rafiq Sahib, who is Vakilut Tasneef in Tariq Jadid, writes that I had a very long standing relationship with Chaudhry Sahib. Chaudhry Sahib's father, Muhammad Baksh Sahib, was a very pious man with a virtuous disposition. And these same qualities were passed on to Chaudhry Sahib, which were further refined. His father, Muhammad Baksh Sahib, would preach to Chaudhry Fazal Ahmed Sahib. This is around 60 to 70 years back. And owing to the preaching efforts of his father, Chaudhry Fazal Ahmed Sahib accepted Ahmadiyyat. Jamilul Rahman Sahib further states that later Chaudhry Fazal Ahmed Sahib became my father-in-law and in this way we had a link and he made every effort to fulfill this bond. He further writes that apart from this, he was also my teacher. Whilst I was studying BSc, he had just completed his MA in Mathematics and taught us for a period of time. He would always teach with great dedication and we would be greatly impressed by it. He strictly adhered to his principles, but was also very compassionate and caring and would also confidentially and discreetly assist those workers who were in need of help. By the grace of God, he was extremely hardworking. He had a very intellectual disposition and had great knowledge of history and geography and would teach others about it as well. By the grace of God, he would spend the wealth of the Jamaat with great caution and would often say that if one has to write a note comprising of just a few words, then they should use half the paper instead of the entire page. He would always thoroughly investigate matters and if ever he was assigned with a task, he would carefully assess every aspect of it and then make his decision. By the grace of God, this was an outstanding quality of his. Lake Nasser, who is the Vakilud Divan, writes that Chaudhry Sahib once told me that when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah was Sadr Khudam al Chaudhry Sahib was serving his duty as Muawin, i.e. assistant Ishtama. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah told him to go and assess the situation in the Langar Khana, i.e. kitchen. The Langar would also operate during the Ijtama as well. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah told him to see how the food was being prepared. Chaudhry Sahib stated that he was about to leave when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah called him back and said that the in charge of the langar was very strict and would not let him enter as he was going without any authority and also he was much older than him. Therefore, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah took off his Sadr Qudam al-Ahmadiyya badge and placed it on me as I was serving as his muawin and then said that this is your authority now in that the Sadr Qudam al-Ahmadiyya has sent you and given you his badge. Now go and take an assessment and report back. I once directed all the Nazaran and Vukala, and later as well on a few occasions, to go and visit the Jamaats and meet the members and convey my salam. Chaudhry Sahib also went as well. And the person narrating this account states that he went along with Chaudhry Sahib on two occasions. Chaudhry Sahib was assigned the district of Sargodha and he did not leave out a single house in these visits. He went to every house and if anyone was not home and he was informed that he had gone to his land or to work, 
and he would go there and meet them. There were also certain areas where the car could not go, and on numerous occasions, Chaudhry Sahib would walk for many kilometers in order to meet the members and convey them my salam. Another special quality of his was that he would show complete obedience and meticulously carry out the implementation of the directive I had given. He would read the message which I had given for the members over and over again and would also say to those with him that if he misplaced the order of words when reading out the message, then they should point it out and correct him. This is how particular he was. He would always instruct in regards to official matters that irrespective of how big or small the issue may be, or even if one has made a mistake, they should always ensure to inform Khalifatul Masih and update him. In this way, one is able to receive the prayers of Khalifatul Masih and the opportunity to reform themselves. He had an exceptional level of simplicity. During his official visits, he would instruct the Jamaat to not give him any formal protocol, and whenever it was time to eat, he would eat wherever he found the opportunity. At times he would eat whilst in the car or would sit on the edge of a field whilst visiting the villages. And at times, during those visits, the Jamaat would request him to deliver a talk and he would refuse saying that for now he would only perform the duty for which he was instructed to carry out. One instruction of Hazrat Muslim to the residents of Qadian and Rabwa was that they should offer their prayers in the mosques of their local areas. Chaudhry Sahib strived to abide by this up until the end. Therefore, even if he went to Masjid Mubarak, which was the central mosque, he would at least offer one of his prayers in the local mosque. He would go to his office even at night and many a time he would go to the office in the evening when no one was there to open the doors. And so he would go and open them himself and occupy himself in his work. He developed this habit from his time in college. There is a very interesting incident from his time in college. He writes that he was once sat working in the evening in the staff room of Talimul Islam College. An assistant came with a box in which there was some food and he opened it and there was biryani or pilau inside. The person said that this was sent by the principal. The principal at the time was Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah, Hazrat Mirza Nasir Ahmed, and he did not know if he was sat there. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah later told him that he knew he would be sat there and therefore told the assistant to give it to whoever was sat there. Whenever someone would visit Chaudhry Sahib at his home, he would personally extend them hospitality and he would present whatever he had very frankly to his co-workers and subordinates. Lake Abid Sahib has written that he was very diligent in even the smallest of matters. He would never sign a draft bill or letter without first reading it completely. This is a very important point for all officing charges, that they should not sign things without first reading it carefully. Chaudhry Sahib was very punctual and his habit of completing his tasks on time was instilled so strongly within him that it was as if he was in control of time and could adjust it as he pleased. In spite of his great adherence to punctuality, he paid much attention to etiquettes. Whenever he would go to the mosque, he would busy himself in the remembrance of Allah and not look at the time. As is often observed, when it is the time for prayer, people begin looking at the time thinking as to why the prayer hasn't commenced yet. However, he would begin the prayer only when the Imam would come forward. He would give advice to the missionaries who would visit from abroad, and usually he would advise them to read the books of the Promised Messiah and to act upon the teachings in those books. And he would say that in this way they will be able to bring about a unified image of Ahmadiyyat around the world. Samiullah Sial Sahib writes that we completed our matriculation exams together and after completing our studies we presented ourselves to Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II and requested to be accepted for waqf which Hazur radiallahu ta'ala anhu graciously accepted. 
I worked with him in different capacities right until the end, that is for approximately 71 years. In terms of his qualities, he was an exceptional man. He was compassionate, determined, always ready to serve his faith and one who had boundless love for Khilafat. Another quality he possessed was that he trained the new life devotees in a wonderful manner. This was indeed a great quality of his, which is why I assigned him some life devotees to train them, and he trained them in an excellent manner. Halim Qureshi Sahib says that he had a firm grasp over administrative and financial matters, and he would never tolerate any mismanagement. He closely monitored the financial affairs, and he would always remain updated with regards to the prices of items. If any bill was received in which there was an excess expenditure of even 10 rupees, he would inquire as to why 110 rupees were spent on a certain item in a shop when the actual cost was only 100 rupees. Amir Muhammad Kasrani Sahib is an engineer in the roti plant for the Jalsa Salana. He says that Chaudhry Sahib would give utmost importance to seeking counsel. Before making any decision, he would always take counsel from the relevant office bearer or expert in that field. And before taking any new step, he would make full assessment and only after taking counsel extensively would he reach a conclusion. On Fridays, when the offices are generally closed, he would come to test the roti plant. Likewise, in the extra day off in the last week of the month, he would often go to the office. And with regards to this, he would explain to his colleagues that he once learned from Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III rahimahullah that whenever one faces any worries or difficulties in their personal lives, they should give more time to works of the community. And in this way, Allah the Almighty will alleviate their worries himself. He would show great respect and love to everyone he would meet and he would speak to everyone about the topics they had interest in. Engineer Sahib says that prior to Chaudhry Sahib's demise, there was a meeting in which there were some delays with regards to construction work. Upon this, he expressed his displeasure with me and with the other engineers as well. But the same day after leaving work, he phoned me and speaking in a cheerful manner, as he always does, he said that he perhaps used some strong words and was phoning to apologise and then continued to ask how I was. Hafiz Muzaffar Ahmed Sahib writes, that upon my request, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the Fourth Rahimahullah granted permission to build the Rabwa research cell, and he also instructed that I meet Chaudhry Sahib. And in fulfilment of this instruction, out of the two proposed sites, he built the offices within Jamia. And during the meeting, he said that you will be rendering your services to the community in the future as well. So, firstly, we have to always keep the future needs of the community in mind. But secondly, we must also bear in mind the principles of moderation and sufficiency. Hence, he also advised that instead of desiring for large office tables or comfortable chairs, we should plan to have furniture which is appropriate and sufficient. Abdul Majid Tahir Sahib, the Bakwil al-Tabshir in London writes, His every moment was spent in service to his faith. And with regards to the various matters in which there were instructions from the Khalifa of the time for Chaudhry Sahib, he would act upon them immediately and without delay upon receiving them. It often happened that an instruction would arrive in the night, so to fulfill these he would go to the office, implement upon them and then return home. Indeed, his every movement and every word was in accordance to the instructions of the Khalifa of the time. There are those who deem the written rules and regulations of the community to supersede the instructions of the Khalifa and that these should be acted upon instead. To them, Chaudhry Sahib would always say that they should act upon whatever guidance or instruction came from the Khalifa as these are the rules for them. In any case, there is an overruling clause present in the rules and regulations. Mubashir Ayaz Sahib, the principal of Jami Hamdiya Rabwa writes, that Chaudhry Sahib was an encyclopedia of Jamaat traditions and history, and this is absolutely true. From whatever opportunity I had with him, I noticed one thing that was clear was his grasp and command over the work he did. Mubashir Ayaz Sahib writes, I often tell some of my colleagues that if one were to have a meeting with Chaudhry Sahib regarding Jamia, then Chaudhry Sahib would be able to tell us how many stairs there are in Jamia, how many plants there are, 
and where they are placed or where there are some shortcomings. He looked at everything in great detail and whatever matter a meeting was about, he would acquire all the information and the minutest details and he would expect his colleagues to do the same. He then further writes, It was as if the entire history of Rabwa was imprinted upon his eyes, heart and mind. A few months ago, I met with Chodri Saib and said that when it came to some historical landmarks, there were some differences in the accounts narrated by various elders. Hence, I sought guidance from him in this matter. Upon this, he explained many things to me and told me in detail that I could find out about a certain thing from such and such person. However, that person's memory has grown a little weak and so I should make a list and send it to him and then he would go along with me to those historical landmarks and tell me whatever he remembered. He further writes that his humility and meekness was such that he would always make the tea himself and present it to me. And whilst narrating another incident of his humility, he states that a few years ago we went to Qadiyan for the Jalsa. I, along with the deputy in charge of the Langar Khana, Mahfuzur Rahman Sahib was standing and talking, during which time Chaudhry Sahib passed by. We exchanged greetings, after which Mahfuzur Rahman Sahib began telling me, in a heartfelt manner, that Chaudhry Sahib is a very simple person indeed. He said that only a little while ago, Chaudhry Sahib went to him and asked him if he could be quickly given something to eat, as he had just come from a meeting, and in about 15 to 20 minutes, he had to go to another meeting. Mahfuzur Rahman Sahib said that since the time for food had finished, therefore he told Chaudhry Sahib that there was some food in the fridge which he would warm up for him, and in the meantime, Chaudhry Sahib could go and freshen up. He said that when he went and began heating up the food and brought it out, he realized that quite some time had passed. And since Chaudhry Sahib was very punctual, he wanted to reach his next meeting on time and thought that if he waited for the food to come, he may get late. Therefore, he saw that Chaudhry Sahib had already gathered the leftover pieces of roti or bread on the dining tables and had almost finished eating it with the lentils or whatever food had been left over. Thus, he went to his meeting on time and he showed no signs of displeasure on his face to express why the food had been brought out so late. He simply ate the leftover pieces of roti, i.e. the bread, with the leftover lentils or whatever that was remained in the plates and dishes and he ate it and left. Chaudhry Sahib extensively studied the books of the Promised Messiah and it seemed as if he was always studying one of his books and it would not merely be to the extent of reading them in fact, it would not be wrong to say that he studied these books very meticulously. He had pondered over every single word and he would find solutions for any questions he had or would at least attempt to do so. He also advised the same to others that whenever they read books, they should ponder over each word and wherever a question arose, they should try to solve it. Mubarak Siddiqui Sahib says that once Chaudhry Sahib came to London and I had given him permission to hold a sitting with the members of TI College. Mubarak Sahib says that I went to Chaudhry Sahib and informed him that this is what Khalifatul Masih has said and so he attended and during the event I asked him that Allah the Almighty had blessed him with the opportunity to serve for a very long time and had bestowed him with great honours. Therefore could he also advise us as to the secret to his success. Upon this, Chaudhry Sahib stated that there is only one secret, which is that one should not deem their own knowledge and understanding to be of any value. Rather, one should close their eyes and completely obey the Khalifa of the time. And this obedience should be such that your heart bears testimony that you have made every attempt to fulfill the due rights of obedience. Mirza Jawad Sahib writes that he used to narrate an incident of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah that once Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah told Chaudhry Sahib that before the partition, on the occasion of Jalsa, members would be assigned on week-long duties and during this time they would only be given one cup of tea in a week as refreshment. Once a youngster on duty brought his tea joyfully back to his residence, food however would be received from the langar as usual. 
but a duty holder only got tea once in the week. So one worker took his tea back to the guest house where he was staying, and the guest staying in the bed next to him thought that he had brought the tea for him. When the worker entered the room, the other guest was lying down and thought that perhaps the tea had been brought for him. The guest asked the worker whether he had brought the tea for him, and without giving any indication, the worker gave his tea to the guest. Chaudhary Sahib would say that Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III related this incident to highlight the examples of workers and how they would offer sacrifices under any circumstance and tend to the needs of the guests. Chaudhary Sahib would say that there was a time when a cup of tea was a single refreshment during the week and even that was sacrificed in the midst of performing duty. And today, times are such that God Almighty has blessed this community financially a great deal to the extent that it is normal for tea to be presented at even the smallest of meetings. Thus, we should be aware of the blessings bestowed by God and should always use the community's funds responsibly, avoiding all unnecessary spending. In any case, there are many more things which can be mentioned. These were just a few which I have selected. These accounts could go on much longer, but I will stop here. And whatever has been stated regarding Chaudhary Sahib, there is no exaggeration in them whatsoever. There are many things which people have written. Some of them were so extensive that I was unable to take any part from them, and some I was not even able to read at all. He possessed extraordinary capabilities, he was extremely humble and worked extremely hard. I have also worked with him and he would always guide on how to do the work in a very gentle and kind manner. And later when I became Nazri Allah as well as Amir Mukami, his demeanour changed entirely and he remained completely obedient throughout that time. And then when I became the Khalifa, he fulfilled all of his duties in accordance with his pledge of allegiance with complete loyalty as an Ahmadi and as a Jamaat worker. He took every word and every instruction of the Khalifa of the time very seriously and would act upon the instruction to the letter. He would never present his own interpretations to the instructions in that this is the meaning of such and such instruction. Once, I recommended that the junior section of Jamia Ahmadiyya, which had its own building, should be merged into the senior section of Jamia Ahmadiyya as it was an extra cost and there was no longer any need for a separate building. And so, I sought his opinion on the matter and at the time, he and some other elders of the Jamaat had some reservations and suggested against it. However, later when I made the decision to still go ahead with it, without voicing any kind of complaint or objection, he immediately began to implement upon the decision. I thought that perhaps it would take a few days to implement, but within 24 hours he implemented upon it and submitted the report to me informing me of its progress. May Allah the Almighty elevate his status and may Khilafat continue to be granted such Sultan and Nasir, i.e. excellent helpers. Also, continue to pray for the current conditions in Pakistan. Pray that may Allah the Almighty quickly improve the circumstances for the Ahmadis there and enable them to live their lives in freedom. Another important matter that I wish to mention is regarding the coronavirus pandemic which has spread throughout the world. Ahmadis are not doing their utmost in taking precautions. Not here in the UK, not in America, not in Pakistan, nor in any other country. Full precautions must be taken, masks must be worn. Some wear the mask and leave their noses exposed despite the fact that the nose should also be covered. Or there are some who leave their masks hanging around their necks. But in that case, what is even the point of wearing a mask? Also, people are not abstaining from closely meeting others and are not observing social distancing or other guidelines mentioned by the governments. We must act upon all these things, otherwise this pandemic will continue to spread. 
and these days people should try to limit their travel to a minimum and avoid any unnecessary travel. Those travelling from Europe to Pakistan should be careful and these days it is better if they do not go at all. In any case, may Allah the Almighty eliminate this pandemic swiftly and grant cure to all those Ahmadis and non-Ahmadis alike who have been affected by this pandemic. And after offering the prayers, inshallah I will lead Chaudhry Sahib's funeral prayer in absentia. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, Anastainu, Anastaghfiru, Wanamino Bi, Wanatawakalu, Wanauzu Billah, Himin Shururi, Anfusina, Wamin Sayyatiamalina. من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله يقبل